0: Welcome to Don't Worry, You're Enough podcast. I'm Diane Roberts. And I'm Michaela Tuchek. Hi, Fran. Hi. On this sunny Monday. On the sunny Monday. Or whatever day.
1: Well, Monday for us, but anytime for anyone else. This is our second to last episode. So next week is the <laughs> our
0: farewell tour. <laughs> everybody yeah. can you even imagine I and know. like no one would show up <laughs> they're like who are these two well maybe not a tour per
1: se but a farewell concert let's say it like that you know we're gonna be like elton there's John no concert in Vegas or wherever the heck he filmed that and
0: a one one
1: time only <laughs> yes yes going out with a with a bang and some good music some good food and bring your snot rags <laughs>
0: just kidding no one will cry <laughs> like i said i don't know about that <laughs> i just Although, like to imagine in the in the one with annie and her friend i was got i got a little sad yeah. listening to them chat when they ended theirs they also ended theirs on a high note because they both were like super duper busy oh yeah i can't remember the name of that one. Oh annie and Eddie keep talking Annie and Eddie keep talking, yeah. I, and when they ended it, I was like, kind of, I was a little sad. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, do you know that he started his own podcast?
1: No. Oh, my gosh. How does he have time? Well, that's the question that everyone's asking themselves. So he's like, he's independent, so he's not like with any network. Mm-hmm. But it's called Doing the Best We Can. And they're short. They're kind of like what our our time allotments are. And it's actually a newsletter that he kind of like reads. And then there's fun things, more fun things like in the newsletter. But it's just him sharing and about life and doing the best we can. And it is just fabulous. And in fact, I actually emailed him Monday morning and I was asking him for advice on podcasting. When you're kind of mm-hmm. going and doing it on your own you know, what are some tips and tricks for planning content? Like, obviously not every week of the year is going to be jam-packed and, like, this is what October is going to be and this is what August, yada, yada. But just kind of, like, how do you keep your thoughts together and fresh and all that stuff. But anyway, I started the email by saying, hi, Eddie, I was, like, a fan ever since, you know, Ann and Eddie keep talking. And I said, I was one of the people – that you brought so much like hope and joy to during the pandemic so thank you because it's like you know they didn't have to do it every day but they did for a year and so it was just like really nice oh they were doing it every day so they i think the first three months was like every day or twice a day no twice a week you know what i don't remember but over time they kind of went to a once a week scaled it back yeah yeah but i want to say like when everything first shut down they were doing it every day like Monday wow. through Friday.
0: Well, Insane. they had a lot of time. <laughs> they had the time, so I'm
1: interested to see if he hears, if he responds back. And oh, so that's cool. going to ask just,
0: if he responded,
1: but yeah. if you just no, sent I it, just but... I emailed this morning, so we'll just see. It'll be very cool.
0: There's so. so many podcasts that I listen to that I just try to catch up on. It's crazy. I There's, um, I know. I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, but the one that I really love right now is, uh, well, obviously I love the Dadville podcast. That's uh, John McLaugh- McLaughlin and Dave Barnes. Dave they Barnes. They are yeah. so funny, funny. funny together. I love them, and I love their who they interview. It's always a hoot. But I really like the Boy Meets World podcast. <laughs> Yeah, because i loved that show when i was a kid and they go through each episode and it's a couple of the actors from the show so that's fun you know
1: what i in between i'm finishing up bible in the year with father mike and i cannot believe that i've actually like listened to the bible inconsecutively for a whole year that's going to be like one of the proudest accomplishments of my adult life and like no one knows how much it means to me like having grown up in the church and like bible stories this bible stories that in my own faith journey that has been rocky and it's not non-existent now but it's just taking a different approach but anyway just having that be like my one source just having one noise as as opposed to like all the other voices that one can possibly have so it's between that and annie's podcast and a couple of business ones and then my comedy relief not only is eddie though eddie does do some serious topics the deck the hallmark podcast where it's these three guys and friends in south carolina and they watch and review every hallmark christmas movie every year and they do other things throughout the year oh my word so one guy likes it one guy loves it and one guy despises it and it's just them giving hot takes and feels about christmas movies and i have to say i have never laughed out loud so hard by like (laughs) i love it it's just feel good and it's what it's like, and it's guys like, that's the thing. Like one yeah. thing from girls are like, if me and my father-in-law did a podcast, like we talk about how much we love it all the time, but to, for them actually, like it's legit reviews of like, and the one this guy is what that works, hates this him. is what didn't.
0: And yeah, the one guy that hates them is probably just like pulling his hair out to like, Ugh. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. his feedback is probably really hilarious. And I actually
1: love him the most <laughs> because his comments are not in the sense of like, oh, this is terrible. Like, never watch it. Like, there are good He's like, reasons that's not that not realistic. Supported. Yeah, <laughs> correct. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I appreciate. You understand that, that it's Hallmark, right? Yeah. But now it's like, okay, like, how did they make it snow when the next, the scene before it was like in the desert? Right. Just obviously, I'm random weird things.
0: Yeah, I'm with so you. That's how I am. It's a hoot. We just watched something recently, and I'm like, that's not realistic. That doesn't make sense. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what were we watching? Gosh. It'll come to me later, but Jason and I were watching something and I'm like, that is not realistic. That would never happen. That would never happen. And he's like, you're ruining the movie! (laughs) Oh, we were, we just watched um, the movie The Menu with Joseph Fiennes, or Rafe, I'm sorry, Rafe Fiennes. And, um, it's it's a horror drama and a comedy all in one. It's in the movie theaters right now, but I think you can rent it. And it's set in the Vein of if you ever watch The Chef's Table on Netflix, where it's like they present these meals and then they talk about them and blah blah blah, so it's in the same like color palette and kind of design structure as The Chef's Table, but most of it you're like, This would never happen. (laughs) Uh, it's so crazy it. you have to watch it it's a I scary it. it's a it's a horror movie but it has a lot of comedy in it because there were a lot of times where i was like what <laughs> 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 which i don't even know if i was supposed to be laughing but i usually do when it comes to horror movies but well that's the that's thing so horror funny. can
1: sometimes either frighten us or or make us laugh and i don't think that there's one wrong wrong or one right answer except if you're laughing in a very at a scene where no one should be laughing then maybe i would question your mental capacity but other than that i think well, anything goes <laughs> <laughs> that's usually
0: me i'm laughing when no one's <laughs> laughing uh, and it's usually at a horror movie and then people are like uh you're psychotic like what is yeah, your problem gosh. that's funny. um I was gonna tell you, so I finished the Will Smith book. So Will Smith oh, you know, tell me about it. He had he had an autobiography that came out before he went and slapped Chris Rock, you know? Yep. <laughs> and I had the book like the beginning of this year. Jason got it for me because I was interested in reading it. And I finally got to it. And it's just comical to me that someone could write. So, I liked will Smith, and i and I still if you can remove him from the act like from his work, if you can do that, I do appreciate him as an actor, but he is very flawed as we all are, but he obviously is very flawed, and it's just comical to me that you could write an entire autobiography about yourself and your history, and I couldn't stand him at the end of it, so I was like. <laughs> Am I looking at this from a lens of what I saw and I'm reading it now and I'm like, okay, where is this Mm. coming from? This like burst of anger. But it sounds like it has always been there. His ego is like through the roof, as you can imagine. Mm. But you know what? This guy got everything handed to him. So he. Well, not everything, but, like, he grew up pretty poor, but then at, like, 19 is when he started his rap career. This is before the TV show. Then he, like, the rap career kind of fizzled. He got the TV show That was hit, named after, like it was created for him. He was not an actor, so that landed in his lap. That was like six seasons or something, and then he's decided, I want to be the biggest movie star in the world. He, when he left the TV show, like the first 10 movies that he did were number one in the box office and made over, you know, $200 million worldwide. It's like... What? <laughs> like so there's no What are we doing need- wrong? <laughs> I mean it's just like how, you you could only expect him to have an ego. So like that's why when I was reading yeah. the book I and I got to the end of it I was like, yeah, I can see why he's like the way he is, but so. Yeah. I mean mm. it's an interesting read. I I enjoyed Absolutely. it. But see, I also you know, knew of them in like the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. So if you're not really into that, then it may not. Yeah, be Yeah, because Fresh Prince was but... a little bit. It's the 90s. It was in the 90s, or
1: okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a young tater tot, so it didn't. Yeah. Like, I knew of the show, but never, never obviously watched it because it came out when I
0: was, you know. Yeah, I being born, I
1: would. Have I think known, I've but...
0: watched pretty much every episode at some point because that was my track like in the 90s but yeah i i just was i was interested to read it after all (laughs) all the garbage that happened with him so for sure so do you find yourself
1: interested to read autobiographies of people that are really interesting to you and like the will smith autobiography do you find yourself wishing oh i actually wish i didn't read it because you want to keep whatever image of them in your mind the same.
0: Yeah. I I have read a lot of autobiographies and even biographies. Cause I do enjoy it. I like learning about people. Mm-hmm. I read the Ben Folds. He's the you know the lead singer of Ben Folds Five, if you know it's pretty mm-hmm. Yep. Some people know him, some people don't. His book similarly was he was a complete jerk. So he like when you he wrote an autobiography and you're like, wow, you really aren't that like this is confusing (laughs) yeah like you're really unlikable and I and that kind of bummed me out because I was like oh wow you really you really are that unlikable that you or or, and you have such a narcissistic ego that you created a book and made yourself look even worse Mm. it was just like he treated his wife so terribly and he like put it in the book it was just weird Mm -hmm. so yeah I think I would what about you?
1: I have not read very many of either. I do remember reading Marley Matlin's autobiography, I'll Scream Later. And she was the first deaf actress to win an Oscar for Children of a Lesser... No, was it Children of a Lesser God? I think it was in 87, 88. So she was the youngest female at that time than the first um, deaf actress. And I always loved her because I had watched Switched at Birth, which was it aired on ABC Family like several years ago. And I had always been interested in deaf culture and not that like Helen Keller was my idol. But I remember picking up a book in like third or fourth grade about her. And I was I was just obsessed, like learning everything I could. And I just found that world to be very interesting. And so. Her book was written years ago, so she's done a kind of a ton of cool stuff and always has. Um, so I enjoyed that, and I wasn't any more disappointed because she she lived an interesting life as anyone who ever writes a book about themselves. But I didn't walk away with a different opinion. I think it's fascinating those who make it so far and, and so high in the accolades of of entertainment, what everyone's life is like. That's fascinating to be. Like, where did you come from? So other than that, I haven't read much.
0: It's pretty similar yeah. is what I'm finding because in, they get really, they come from nothing or they come from, you know, unknown. And then they become known and they make all this money and they think it's going to solve all their problems. They think that being the biggest movie star in the world is going to solve all their problems. Having the most money in the world is going to solve all their problems and it actually makes it worse. They detach from their family or they get, You know into drugs and alcohol which he didn't um, but he detached from his family and he had you know actors are just weird you know they because of their job they have to leave for sometimes six months to a year at a time and it's like as a spouse and the same with like musicians and stuff and it's like as a spouse you knew what you were getting into when you started dating them and when you got married or if you have kids so it always is funny to me that the spouse is like it's I can see it both ways where the spouse spouse would be like I, you know, you're never here, you're never here for your kids, you're not, you know, you're taking too many things and things like that. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to support the family. This is my job. But when it's not your job, it's like, it's hard to see. It's hard to see that. That's a good point. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not in it. I'm glad I'm not in it. I, there are multiple times when I like read the news or see things online and I'm like, I am so glad that I am anonymous. You know, that no yeah, one knows yeah, who I am. That's good. <laughs> just yeah. even the way people respond on things, like comment on things. Like even yeah. if you just make a comment on social media as a semi, you're not even a celebrity, just someone who has a following. If you say something that rubs someone the wrong way, here's this like social media campaign to close yeah. you down. It's just so yeah, crazy. That's good. It was interesting in college
1: and theater where, you know, you are the product that you're selling. It's not like I have something that i go door to door and say hey do you want to buy this like they used to back in the day and it was always hard and cam and i talk about this a lot but it's you want to be known for your work but then knowing how known you can be with exactly what you're saying turning into not a good human to those that you're closest to dabbling in things that are only going to be destructive no matter how much you think they're not going to and then just you know the work that you produce and it's like you know what instead of being a shooting star which we talked about that in college of like we wanted to get a role in a show we wanted to do this we wanted to do that and having dreams and aspirations is great and what keeps the world turning but it was there are too many people that we know in the arts and outside of the arts that are just shooting stars or someone on social media just gets viral for a video and then you never hear them again And so for us and, you know, maybe most artists everywhere, I can't speak for them, but how do we have longevity in a career in a field where maybe we don't want to be seen all the time as far as like, hey, pick me or I need the most amount of likes. It sounds great, but the reality is it's more detrimental. Then it is beneficial with people commenting on everything that you do, what you eat, how you look, who you're seen with, what projects you choose, what projects you choose not to do. And you're under a microscope. And I don't think any human being was meant to experience that. But we've all kind of collectively through the years have done it enough to where it's mainstream and popular. And yeah, it is just be like, I don't blame anybody that gets into bad stuff because it's like, I understand (laughs) I understand living all the way in the cor- in a small corner of Ohio, how tough it must be. And I don't, yeah, it just made me, it made me rethink a lot of things. Like, I don't need to be famous to have any kind of success, whatever that means to me.
0: And if you do a, do a movie and they hand you $4 million, you know, to be in a movie, like, that's going to catapult your brain a little bit mm-hmm. um, into a different... You know, it's kind of hard to be the same person again once you've had a ton of money thrown at you. Now, God bless you if you can be, you know, (laughs) if you can be a a good person after that. I'm not saying money makes people evil, but it does change you. You're not going to be living in a one-bedroom apartment anymore. (laughs) You're just going to keep chasing more money. Oh, I was going to say, oh, when I was a kid, I remember I wanted to be, I wanted to be uh, like a famous singer or a famous actor or Broadway or whatever. I remember very vividly as a kid wanting that lifestyle. Um, and I, and, and I was just a very realistic child too. Cause I was like, well, I can sing, but I'm not like the best singer in the world and I can act, but I'm not the best actor in the world. And let's say I want to do a movie. I remember being very young and thinking this and, like, kind of doing my research. And I'm thinking, like, okay, how – why is this actress or this actor the lead in this movie? Mm. And nine times out of ten, it's because they had a fam- family member that was, a, you know, a film executive, a director, director. Um, you know, you think about Jennifer Aniston. Her dad was a soap opera star. Her mom was an actress. Like, you know, it's like it. You think about all these different. Like, when you think of the top people in the world that are act like top celebrities, it's because of a relative or politics. Again, of of you know, are they really good or are they just just who you know? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know anyone, it's gonna be a. And you're not discovered as a model, you know, like I think about like Ashton Kutcher, like he didn't know anyone, he was a model. And so he, and he came from like Iowa or something. He was like from the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, I think it was. And it wasn't until he became a model and came to LA, but it's like, not everyone can be a model either, you know, (laughs) but you become a model if you're going to be in movies and TV and stuff like that. And it's like, I never thought of myself that way. So me
1: neither, me neither i remember watching tyra Banks' america's next top model and like i don't think oh, my yeah. family liked me watching that and i tried to like i think my brother would criticize me like why are you watching that like that's just like what are you doing and for me it was interesting for the artistic aspect of like i like seeing the behind the scenes of how they go into hair and makeup and costume or like you know clothes for this photo shoot and actually like where they are in the set so it was more, I like seeing the behind the scenes stuff, but it's like, if that is any oh, indication yeah. of how it actually goes in real life for shoots or for fashion shows or anything like that, I'm like, yikes, how terrifying. Like you do have to be made of of thick stuff in order to not let comments and just weird encounters like really mess with you. Um, and that whole industry has hopefully come a long way since its inception of you have to be looking like this, you have to weigh like this you have to eat like this and it's like that's just not that does not represent humanity you know as a whole but there are people that do look like that and so we praise them but you know what if we flipped the script and had much more curvier women or much more different skin tones represented and just you know you know what if every like what if models had dad bots you know what i mean like that's that's more normal that's more relatable that's it almost seems like whatever status is up there is very unattainable and not healthy for a lot of people to pursue, and that just puts us in a very bad mindset of what is good. And
0: what oh is yeah, good. and there's so many when you now that made me think of like all the movies that I've seen recently, like on you know HBO or Amazon or whatever. When you look at the female leads of all those movies, they're all very very thin. They're all like a certain cookie cutter look and the only time when they aren't that way let's say they're like my size or your size um is then they say uh then they make the storyline something that is pointing out their weight or their size or their height mm-hmm. or their you know it's like this yep. it, it's like can't we just <laughs> have a movie yeah. where you have a Uh, a leading lady that doesn't fit the cookie cutter thin uh, you know whatever mold and let's not talk about it you know like just let it let it just 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 let that person be be there and let them be a certain size and let and don't discuss it because it always that's it's like they're trying to justify like, oh, by the way, we put this woman in our as our lead. Like you
1: can only be in the starring role if we talk about why you look, why why you look the the way you look. Yeah. And it's like, um... here's the thing. (laughs) Sometimes it's genetic predisposition. Sometimes it's life and stress and what we've gone through and then you know, our own genetic makeup and then there are many things that are in our control, what we eat, how often we eat, how much we eat, and then most of it is just not up to us. Mm-hmm. And it's like where's the grace for that?
0: Oh man. Everything where's that the... I've ever auditioned for oh, has know. always been because of my height. They've always are like, Nope, sorry. Yeah. Too tall. I'm like, I am five eight, five nine. Like that is tall, yes, for a woman, but if you have a yeah. leading man that's fi- under 5'8", <laughs> then that's not my problem. That's their problem. <laughs> yeah. No offense yeah. to all of the men that are under 5'8". <laughs> but, well, here's the thing.
1: Yeah. You can be a Rockette very easily. Yeah, <laughs> except if you wanted to be a except dancer. Except I need to lose like, that's what about 100 do. pounds. No. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there are certain things that do require more. I don't know, is agility the right word? Depending on, like, if you're making an action movie, like Tom Cruise's All, Mission Impossible's, like, maybe being a little more in shape helps you, like, run over mountains and, you know, skydive into the Amazon. Yeah. Swim down the Atlantic. You know what I mean? Like, but again, most movies are not super action packed in that realm. A lot of them focus on people and relationships and overcoming situations left and right. And so Oh, it's this it's actually mean?
0: the same all, for men. It's the, same. it's the exact same for men. Yeah. If you have men that aren't the stereotypical like action movie star, ripped abs, all the things. Mm-hmm. Jason and I were just talking about this the other day. I was like, men have just as much pressure in Hollywood to look a certain way almost worse than women do because men's longevity in film is, is longer. Like they, the, the society can embrace an older man in a movie versus an older woman. Like women can kind of get aged out of a lot of stuff. So the, when the, when men get older, they, obviously can't you know get whatever it doesn't even have to be getting older but what i'm trying to say is is that they'll have these men that will have some weight on them like they call whatever they call the dad bod Which honestly i don't even yep. care like yep. it looks great but then they'll make it into a comedy so they'll never have a yes. man who is overweight or not even overweight but have some weight on him and not have abs and then they'll make it a comedy they won't make that's why I Mm -hmm. always loved the um Jack Black and what was in the um the holiday that Christmas movie have you ever seen it they did not just they did not discuss they they made him a romantic lead and I was like oh and that they had the four different stories I think it was and I was like oh my gosh I never thought of Jack Black as a, as an attractive like romantic lead and I was like wow that was per- he did a great job he was super cute and it fit and like they didn't discuss it and I'm sure people appreciated it as well it's just as hard they have mm-hmm. it just as hard 100% I agree completely oh it's true. Uh, it's true so we gotta get all of our Christmas movies lined up now Now that we're talking about it. Now I want to watch The Holiday. Because I I haven't seen that in a long time. Do it. Do it. I think I missed
1: White Christmas last year for some weird reason. And I love watching that. It's a Wonderful Life popped into my head just today. I'm like, oh, I want to watch that. And here's the thing, though. With all these Hallmark movies coming, and again, I will agree to disagree that it's the same story told a hundred ways. This year, there's a lot of different storylines in there. Um they're much more intentional They're with it's not big girl or ci- big city girl moves it's to not small they're trying to not country do a town. Nicholas
0: sparks book every time <laughs>
1: correct there's more variety <laughs> and it's fabulous and so with all that to say sometimes i forget about holiday classics yeah. because i'm so like in the hallmark zone yeah. and there's been a couple of like you know one-off movies on like netflix about christmas that i watch and it's not like those are classic it's not like i watch them every year but i think that's what the appeal is is because i've seen the classic christmas movies since i was a kid and so i think i appreciate the hallmark and the netflix movies and the tv movies because every year it's different Mm -hmm. and i never have to see them again if that makes sense yeah so that's that's my vote
0: And if you have HBO Max, we just watched on HBO Max. If you scroll down all the way to the bottom of the main page, they have like wrapped Christmas presents for each day and you can pick the day. Like it'll, I think it's probably going to be one through 25 and you can click on the number. It'll open up the package and it's whatever episode, you know, like a TV episode or it could be a Christmas movie. And
1: I That's think fun. it's fun
0: because I, we have such a hard time, like, picking movies. We just get two in our heads to t- try to pick the best movie to watch. And it's like, and Jason yep. always blames, he will real? always blame me if a movie is bad. Like, I wrote it. <laughs> 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 like, if I pick it and it's terrible, he, like, blames, he bla not, uh, obviously he's joking but like he'll blame he, just he gives, gives me a hard time. time he's like you are never picking our movies again i'm like i thought it would be good i didn't write the movie <laughs> i didn't cast it right so no control yeah, it's just funny I have no control
1: <laughs> well speaking of shows this came to my mind like a couple of days ago and it's the ultimate christmas mystery and i'm here to solve the mystery so there's two lines from two different christmas songs that the question is why is that in that song and what the heck does it mean example number one in the song rocking around the christmas tree there's the there's the line something 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 in the new old-fashioned way i'm like what the heck is the new old-fashioned way because they don't explain what that is in the song and it randomly came to me and i'm curious So I just did a quick Google search, everyone, because that's how detailed this is. And it says, many traditional people in those post-World War II years didn't enjoy this, quote, newfangled young people music, end quote. So the new old-fashioned way is about celebrating Christmas by gathering with family around food and tradition while dancing to a new soundtrack. And I was like, huh. Okay. Okay. That kind of makes more sense because if you're rocking around the Christmas tree, you know, the traditions of decorating and meals and sweets and treats and all of that. But as the years go by, you know, every decade, it kind of has its own new music. And so everything post-World War II was definitely, you know, music that I love, but we don't really kind of play that much anymore except on certain radio stations. And then I think after the war, people were just needing something new and looking forward to celebrating something finally you know at the end of everything so i was like huh that fashion way i'm like oh that makes sense i wouldn't have thought about that i get it now me neither i was like what the heck so then i asked myself what is the new bird in the song winter wonderland uh gone away is the new bird bluebird here to stay is the new bird he sings a love song as we go along walking in a winter wonderland what's the new bird like is there a new species of bird that just happened to like develop in this song or like they're bird watchers so i went on reddit and this is like the first time in my life it actually made sense what i saw on reddit so so the new bird is him like the male love interest in this um song singing love songs the next verse is in the meadow. We can build a snowman and pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll say, are you married? We'll say no man, but you can do the job when you're in town. The explanation is, is that Parson Brown is an old term for a generic priest. Oh, okay. he can get the two lovebirds married. And in at least in his fantasy, it's a snowman. Um, so, yeah, the song's lyrics are about a couple enjoying a picturesque winter landscape. They build a snowman who they agree to pretend is Parson Brown. They imagine the snowman asking the couple if they're married, to which they s- tell him they're not, and then the snowman says that he can marry them. It's weird. <laughs> so, like, a bluebird is like blue, sad, wah wah, and the new bird is like, oh, we can do whatever we want because we built a magical snowman, and he can make all our dreams come true. So I, I find thought it was that cute, a little
0: far fetched.
1: That's all I <laughs> Thanks got.
0: Thanks,
1: <laughs> It made sense to me. Hey, that's
0: all that matters.
1: But I think the the new old fashioned way, that's like more built in history as opposed to someone's imagination for the last one. But those were just two uh, Christmas uh, myths that I have debunked. So Christmas conundrums with Michaela. Christmas conundrum, that's, yes. <laughs> I was like, I cannot live the rest of my life without knowing these two You know, two I've things. actually never <laughs>
0: taken the time to even think about some of the Christmas songs that we sing nonstop. I actually introduced Jason to Dominic the donkey. Have you ever heard that song? The Christmas the, the And he's, Christmas like, he's like, this is, he's like, this is, He's like, this is not a real song. I go, yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) But like, that's silly. There's so many silly things that we just sing and we don't even think about it.
1: And I think it would be cool if, again, your own research, if you even care to do this, it can be a quick Google search or YouTube look up. But all of the classic songs that we're so familiar with, when were they written? Because I know like Silent Night. And that's like a hymn, you know. So that comes from a little bit more of a uh, Christian faith perspective. But like, "Rocking on the Christmas Tree," "Winter Wonderland," "Silver Bells," like all of those is like they came from somewhere. So it'd be interesting to know like who wrote it, the time period, and like what they were trying to be about. Because I think it sheds a new bells. light. Oh yes, sing it to me.
0: Silver bells. <laughs> it's Christmas time in the city. I was like, uh, I always sing "Walking." It's like I crooning. I walking in the winter wonderland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hear the ring. I don't Day know where wings. that voice is coming from. So <clears> that will be Christmas. Christmas. Day. Day. All that vibrato. Day. vibrato for days. <laughs> well, that
1: was our concert. So thank you everyone for coming and good night. Thanks. <laughs> it was free. That's fun. Hey. Enjoy. Donations are accepted, but. We'll give them right back to you because we
0: can't take any money. (laughs) Wow, guys, we only have one. We only have one more episode. What are you going to do? What are you going to do?
1: Well, shameless plug. You can you can listen to my new podcast in the new year. But yes,
0: absolutely. Here's the thing.
1: This is this is part of housekeeping. So the website will dissolve. The Instagram account will eventually be non-existent, but the podcast will live forever so we're not taking down any episodes you continue to start from the beginning if you joined us at any point along this journey and give us a free pass for the first couple episodes we didn't know what the heck we were doing (laughs) and i think now we sound like a regular podcast so we've grown (laughs) but yeah so they'll always be up yeah so that's that's that housekeeping and
0: your podcast again is called
1: your story matters it is available wherever you listen to podcasts we will still keep it on wednesdays that part is staying in the tradition of it
0: and it's michaela elizabeth michaela elizabeth
1: yeah because that's what my enneagram coaching name is under and it was just easier to go i already signed up you were you're wonderful thank you thank you for being a friend Oh, oh yeah <laughs> well friends happy yeah one more episode you yours. we'll see you next week we will see you back here for the last one bring balloons and confetti guys if you me <laughs> up. see you later there will be bye. snacks okay bye Hey everyone! If you haven't heard by now, I am launching a solo podcast in a few short weeks starting in January called Your Story Matters. It is live, the trailers are live, I shall say, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, I believe, and iHeartRadio. So make sure you uh, follow, subscribe, get ready for January because it's going to be very exciting.